what we do here is go back, 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 back. I'll remind you of something, too, if you'd like. In the last year, only one team has beat the Chiefs. Was it you guys? <laughs> we did. Or was it the Raiders? We did. <laughs> In the last year? Yeah, yeah. Last year on Sunday night. In the last 365 days, Dan. <laughs> oh, God. Come, come on. That is... <laughs> It's that's the facts. That's fact-based leadership right there. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Michael McDonald. With me as always is Andy McDonald. And this is probably going to be one of the biggest weeks that we have remaining on our schedule. How you feeling? Feeling good, man. Um, no doubt. It's a big one. It's, uh, you know, you have two two teams with the Raiders and the Colts that are vying for playoff contention. Um, Colts are playing for a division title. You know, Raiders are playing just to get in the playoffs with the Chiefs running away with everything. So, it's a big one. Um, you know, we'll preview everything and kind of break it down uh, on each side. We do have a special guest joining us um, to get a little different perspective, like we mentioned on the uh, recap pod earlier this week. So um, it's going to be a doozy. So we'll see how it goes. But as always, we will start with uh, Mortal Locks. You know, like I, I, I mentioned um, previously, this is it's kind of just comical at this point with with where everything's going and with how bad I am at this. But I actually... I, I did something different today, you know, not today, before this, um, for my mortal locks, I'm just, just seeing if it works. Okay. So, um, but let's start with you, the King, the goat currently the mortal lock goat right now. Um, what do you got for week third? Nope. Week 14. There you go. There you go. That one. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I just, to preface, I just want, I, we all know that, and I've said it before, I'm a gut reaction kind of guy, you know, I'm not a big, you know, I sometimes think of some numbers or, you know, you think of some stuff that, you know, maybe justifies certain things in your head. Um, But it's all, it's more gut reaction type stuff, you know, and that's how I've always done my process. So looking at this slate, what I'm going to go with and the one thing that stood out to me the most was Tennessee minus seven against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And here's why. Tennessee, big letdown last week, big letdown. And, uh, you know, they're playing the Jags who, you know, I've ridden that Jags train and I wrote it last week and they panned out for me. They can't cover every single week. That's just a fact. If you're, if you're not the Panthers, you can't just cover every single week. And last time these team, two teams played, Tennessee barely squeaked out a win. They, they won 33 to 30. So I think you look at it and say, the interdivision stuff with how good the Titans are, how bad the Jags are, you know, maybe you're, you're due for a close game. You're also due for a blowout and they already had their close game. So they're about to have their blowout. I'm going to go with the Titans covering on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but more than a touchdown. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's good. It's a different um, than, than the last couple times you've gone. Um, you're taking actually a favorite here um, and not running with the points, but you know, my seven is difficult because not difficult, but, it, you know, there's the threshold, right? There's the two and a half threshold um, and there's a six and a half threshold where if you choose that or you go over it, then there, it's an additional point, you know, or, or score, I guess. So um, as you mentioned, it's basically needs to be, um, you know, touchdown and field goal 
potentially over the Jaguars, which it's the Titans versus the Jaguars. And so I think you're going to be okay there, but no, I like the pick. I think it's very, very admirable of you, you know, now he's, he's finally starting to, to run with some favorites, but I will go to um, with my pick and here's, here's what I did. So I picked one. I was like, okay, I want to get ready for these mortal locks. Right. And I selected it and, and I walk and I had to go to the store. I had to go to Safeway last night. Right. So I'm walking around and really my theory was if I just walked by five strangers and said Cardinals cover, right. And, and, and one of those five said, yeah, then I was good. Um, so I did that and two people didn't know what I was saying. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just walked by and said, Hey, Cardinals cover, right. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got two out of five, which is wow. better than my, my actual odds. I thought so because of that, because of that, I'm going Arizona Cardinals minus one and a half at the New York football giants. So reason this spread is so close is giants just went to Seattle, beat them. Um, the NFC East is so bad that they are actually in first place or have a shot. I think they're right there with the R words of the, Washington football team. And then also Cardinals are reeling a little bit, you know, I, I bet him last week, not bet him. I, I bet you um, last week, mono mono against the Rams that didn't pan out, but um, Rams or not Rams uh, Cardinals are reeling right now. I believe they've lost three straight and the giants are actually on the up and up, but these rosters and the matchups, they're not even close talent wise. And it's in New York, which obviously that's why it's so tight. But I just think, as I mentioned, the rosters are not even close. This should not even be this close of a spread, but it's because of the last three weeks and they're playing off the trends, which is totally understandable, but it's still Colt McCoy um, and it's still Kyler Murray. So that's why I'm going Cardinals. I got the validation from my peeps at Safeway um, that said they're going to cover. So I'm going to go minus one and a half Cardinals on the road. Yeah, I was looking at that one too. It's like, holy crap. Like, I understand that the Giants are the Giants are hot right now. I think they've won the last three games, three or four games, something along those lines. And, you know, they're they're on a roll as well, but can't overthink it. You look at that yeah. game and you're like, Cardinals are on the road, Giants are rolling right now. Mm-hmm. Can't overthink it. Like you yeah, said, Colt McCoy like, versus Kyler Murray. Yeah. On. If it was like four and a half, five and a half, you know what I'm saying? If it was something where it's like, it would have to be, or even like years, you know, like the, the touchdown, you know, I would be like a little hesitant, you know, I think it might be, it yeah. could be a closer game, but when you're saying one and a half, it's basically a pick them, you know, like, come on. So that's where I'm going, man. Yeah. I feel good about it. So yeah. peeps. I think that's, I think that's good. And looking at the slate, we both got 10 AM games. So we're going to find out pretty quickly how things pan out. Could this be the week things turn? You never know. I'm running out of chances here, by the way. <laughs> it's week 14. So week 14, but you never know. If there was a if there was a graphic up on the TV, I think you'd still be in the hunt. You'd, you'd I get make... just one. It's just your <laughs> yeah. you're winning the Super Bowl, and yeah. I'm in the hunt. Yeah, <laughs> like two, yeah. At some point, teams. there's like a lock that lock a, a playoff berth, but uh, you're in the hunt. You're right, right. There. It would be, yeah. It would actually be you would be like Super Bowl champ. The other graph would be. B Bauer and my daughter as <laughs> on your heels. And just, then I would be in the hunt, but like you based know. off of percentage wise. Yeah, exactly. Winning percentage. Cool. Well, be interesting week for the mortal locks. Uh, going to be interesting week for the Raiders going to play the Colts. Uh, up next, we got our preview. We had a very special guest, Daniel Davis, fellow colleague with just blog baby. He also writes for the Colts. 
Uh, he has his own YouTube channel. Uh, so we got that coming up next. Really great interview. We had some great insight from him and uh, got a good little spin on things on, on getting a Colts fan and, and essentially someone who covers the Colts, uh, their point of view going into this game. And I think what was interesting too, uh, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring him on, he does write for the Raiders. So he's very interested in the Raiders. He's a fan of the Raiders. He grew up going to Raider games. So, it, you know, there's there's that perspective of like knowing about the Raiders and, you know, what it would take for them to win, but also being a huge Colts fan and kind of knowing what that would take to win. So I thought it was a pretty good interview. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool to talk to him, um, get that perspective and and just, you know, understand their team a little bit more in depth and, and be prepared for um, the matchup that we have. So I'm glad we're able to chat with them. Good dude. Um, hope everyone likes it. Yeah. Hope you guys like it. Up next, Daniel Davis. Joining us today on the Raider Take podcast is Daniel Davis, fellow writer for Just Blog Baby. He also writes for uh, Horseshoe Heroes, uh, writing for the Colts. Dan, how's it going today? It's going good, man. Looking forward to this game. We've been talking about it on our Just Blog Baby text group and mm-hmm. been getting some healthy, some some smack talk in there. And it's going to be a really good game. I think the teams are very evenly matched. I think that the Colts have a slight edge, I think, just a little bit, especially with the corners that are going to be out from the Raiders. But I do believe it's going to be a close game. I don't believe that it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be like a 31 to 28 game. So, but, you know, both teams are vying for a wild card spot. So it's going to be a good game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll get into some more predictions later on. Um, what Basically what we're bringing you guys is our, our normal preview podcast. Uh, Andy's going to take, the Raiders defense versus the Colts offense. I'm going to take the Raiders offense versus the Colts defense. The little twist we got for you is that Dan's going to be uh, on the inverse side and, and giving us his thoughts on what we said, his opinions on on the opposite end of things, and hope to bring a new uh, little wrinkle to it. So I will kick it over to Andy. You can get us going with the Raiders defense versus the Colts offense. Oh, right on. Um, well, Dan, it's good to meet you, man. Um, you know, I, I talked to Mike a little bit about about you, and you know, it's it's good for us. It's good for you just to kind of swap some ideas and some some information here, and hopefully, you know, help promote whatever you got going on your end and and what you know, you know, me and Mike have here too. So, you know, as it relates to you know the matchup in the game, we have um, you know I'm taking the the Raiders defense against the Colts offense, and first thing that sticks out to me. Um, is, is we see Philip Rivers again, you know, here he is, you know, we thought we, we thought we avoided him once he signed with the Colts, but alas, they came back on our schedule and we got to face this dude. So we're pretty familiar with Phil and his nine kids, but you know, it's, it's definitely an offense that has a lot more, um, more balance than he had when he was in the chargers. I, I love Jonathan Taylor um, as far as running back is concerned. I know he splits time with Heinz and Wilkins and it's, they play the hot hand, but he's someone that that instantly is sticks out to me. He's a threat he's kind of came on and, and that's what usually happens with rookie running backs is it takes for them a little bit to get accustomed to the offense. Um, a lot of it's usually, you know, pass blocking, blitz pickup, things like that, that they're not used to doing in college. But I think Jonathan Taylor has, has came on recently and has been big for that offense and, you know, understanding the Frank Wright scheme and, and system as it is, it's, it's a lot of establishing the run and off play action, which suits Phil Rivers very well um, in that sense. And so, 
you know, it's a team that, that is similarly structured to the Raiders offense where, you know, a lot of it is not all based on the run, but it's a large emphasis. And then you can tell they can get the passing game going and the weapons on the offense or on the, um, the receiving side of the board, get them going once the, the running backs get rolling. So it's a, it's an offense that presents a lot of challenges for us. Um, you know, you got T Y Hilton who had a big game last week. I know he's strung along a couple I think two or three big games after having a slower start to the year. And then, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC, Jack Doyle, right? He's your tight end. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of weapons and, and it's going to present a challenge as, you know, that Colts offensive line is, is they're tough, man. They're tough as, as anyone out there, you know, once again, very similar to the Raiders where we control the line of scrimmage, you know, if we win and if our offense um, is successful, it's usually controlling the line of scrimmage. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be fighting in a phone booth for a lot of the game with that offense and defensive line going and really um, it'll be it'll be challenging for us so um, just as far as you know some some matchups I'm worried about is is really your offensive line against our defensive line the last two or three games we've kind of got we've kind of got rolled in that sense you know we we kind of got beat down obviously by the Falcons but they really controlled us we weren't able to set the edge very well even in that Chiefs game the the one prior is that you know they got Clyde Edwards Lair going too so that's a concern um, very physical group very physical front um, that you guys have um, and that's, that's one of my fears, but I think as far as, as far as the offense goes, if we can stabilize the run game a little bit, um, for the Raiders defense, as it relates, um, you know, and make Phillip Rivers beat you, I think that's, that's the best option. I don't think he's washed up by any means, but he's, he's less of, of who he was before. And, and he used to be a gunslinger and now it's a lot of it is based off of the play action and, and getting, you know, taking shots deep down the field where I've seen at least the Colts, um, struggle, you know, as I just talked about, you know, the, how they've had success, they've struggled really, um, when he throws the ball 40 times a game. And I don't think that's the recipe for success. You know, he's, he's got a ton of yards out there and that's fine. But I think the true identity of the team is being able to sustain those long drives, um, run the ball and really work off play action, take the deep shots, which the Raiders are susceptible to. You know, young secondary, banged up secondary, Arnett's banged up. He gets banged up probably every first play of the game. Um, Jonathan Abram, he's a question mark. Trayvon Mullen is, is going to be healthy, but it's, you know, you guys have some weapons, you have some talent out there, so... What are your thoughts on, you know, on that matchup on that side of the ball? Well, I definitely think that the biggest area of concern for me is Chaz Green going against Farrell. Farrell has had a couple of really good games in a row. And I know that Raiders fans in general, especially on, on Twitter, think that he's a bust. But he was never drafted to be like a pass rushing J.J. Watt kind of guy getting 20 sacks a year. He was a guy that, that was drafted to, to, to set the edge. And Farrell does a really, really good job at that. And if they can just get, you know, the pass rushing going with him, he's going to be dominant. So right now we're down to our third left tackle right now. And last week when he went against Watt, which, you know, I know that Farrell is not the level of player that, that Watt really is, but he struggled really bad and the Texans have one of the best fast rushing teams in the NFL with Merciless and then and then Watt but the one bright spot was Braden Smith Braden Smith went up against Watt on 32 pass plays and didn't allow a single pressure hit sack nothing on it and I went back and watched the film which I have a video coming out about it tomorrow uh, Smith is just a incredible player and he's doing a really good job at not allowing any kind of sacks or pressures or anything. Uh, I do believe that where, where the Colts can exploit the Raiders is, is more than likely in the middle to long field for passes and also too with the running backs. 
Frank Reich and Philip Rivers in particular like getting uh, Naheem Hines and Taylor and them involved in the passing game. And that's shown because Hines actually leads, leads the team in receptions and touchdowns right now too. And I have him on my finished team and he's been kicking butt for me the whole season long. Hilton just had a really good year, but Hilton is what I call a whack-a-mole. He is, he is a guy that will go eight for about 10 and, and the touchdowns like he did last week, or he'll go one for five and a couple of drops. So I think the guy that, that you guys need to be worried about the most is the tight ends because the linebackers for the Raiders have shown that they can't cover and pass really well. And we have uh, Doyle and Cox, who are two very, very good players at tight end. I like Cox more. He's a lot bigger. He's a little bit faster. And he's more of a red zone target. Uh, I do believe that Pittman is going to have a big game because all the focus is going to be put on to Hilton for stopping that deep pass because they don't want to get embarrassed with the 30 to 40 yard bombs. So Pittman is really good on the outside because he's six foot five. He's 215 pounds. And there's not a a corner that can match that on the Raiders side. But I do believe it's going to come down to the trenches, like what you said. I I think that the main matchup we're going to be looking for is Chad's green and Farrell to see how well that green can actually hold up. I'm not worried about Braden Smith or Quentin Nelson or Ryan Kelly. I'm not really worried about those guys. There's nobody on the Raiders defensive line that I really think is going to beat their specific player except for Farrell. And I think that Frank Reich is going to dial up. Um, I know that the Raiders play a lot of zone. So I think that Frank Reich is going to dial up a lot of players at kind of a lot of plays where they're not doing the specific like crossing routes. I think that where they're going to attack is the middle of the field and the linebackers with the running backs. And they're going to force the Raiders to play a man to man style while getting T.Y. Hilton and Pittman to clear out the secondary and force the linebackers to play man-to-man against the running backs and the tight ends. And I think that that's where the Raiders are going to struggle, and I think that's where they struggled mostly in the past maybe year or two. So I don't, I don't know if you got any thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I think that's that's well done, and that's definitely my concerns. You know, is, is there's you know they do have a three-headed monster in the backfield that they can they can trot out fresh legs as it is, you know, and, and kind of take those advantages of the matchups that they have with the linebackers. And you know, I think it's going to be similar to how we um, schemed and game planned around the Browns. You know, Kevin Stefanski's offense, where a lot of it is predicated on the run game. They they have a little bit more offset as far as percentage of run to pass ratio as compared to the Colts, but similar as far as how Baker works off of um, play action too. You know, it's something where we're going to have to play some man and take our chances with the guys outside. You know, Ty has had an up and down year. Pittman um, is just kind of getting you know figuring out his his uh, blend with the offense, what his role is in a sense, and then. Um, as you mentioned, Cox is is strong. Cox is explosive. Um, he kind of um, exploded early onto the scene a little bit, um, but he's he's definitely someone that is is a threat out there with with Doyle as well. So that's kind of um, you know I, th- I agree with you there. I think it's going to be up all in the trenches. That's usually where the game's won, and it'll be a battle. But I don't think you know you're not going to be able to sit there and play zone coverage, nor really would you want to against Phil Rivers the whole game. It's not. You know, we're not super worried as far as, you know, compared to a Mahomes or a Josh Allen that we faced previously. So 
Um, they've done a good job of scheming it up, but Frank Reich is as good as it gets on the offensive side of the ball. So um, it's going to be a good matchup. We'll see how it goes. So I'd also say too, on your comments about, uh, about Rivers not being really watched Jeff yet, but I, I would say he's the equivalent of like the 2016 Peyton Manning. Like he's not the guy that's going to go out there throwing 400 yards right. a game to putting up 30 to 40 points, but he's the guy that will get you 250 and, you know, a touchdown and finally open guy, which is exactly what happened in the past. Like in all the games that we've won, there's been two games where, where Rivers has, has thrown over 300 yards. Right. One of them was 305 and the other one was 315. So it's not like he's lighting up any kind of like stat stat board, mm-hmm. but all that he's doing is he's finding the open guys and taking kind of just what the defense gives. And I think that that's what the Frank Reich offense does really well, just kind of putting players into position to make plays and, there's a there's a lot of talk in the press conferences with Reich where he where he talks about not really the 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 talent but the execution of what the play and how that will always be talent no matter what. So yeah, agreed. And and it, he's you know it's it's a different situation than when he wasn't in you know with San Diego and L.A. previously. You know, being the guy and and for a lot of the years he didn't have a ton of surrounding um, features with him or supporting cast. I guess the best way to say that is, and a lot of it was on him throwing the ball 40, 45 times a game. So it's different, but I think it's better for him. And I agree, it's, he's not going to be the one that that you need to really win the game. But he has shown that he can still be effective, make plays down the field, convert third and sevens, third and eights, you know, um, and really lead that team from an execution standpoint. So Micah thoughts on the opposite side. So Raiders offense against the chargers against the Colts defense. What are your feelings there? Yeah. So we we're going against quite the defense on the Colts side of things. They have a very good defense. One of the better defenses in the league, I would say they are top 10 in passing yards a game, rushing yards a game and points allowed per game. Uh, They have quite the nasty defensive line. Um, Like you kind of led towards, we have been exposed the last few games. Uh, We've had such a revolving door at the offensive line that, you know, they were all doing well. You know, they were mixing and matching places with Trent Brown being out. Richie's, you know, we found out now is out for the season and things were going well, you know, up until Atlanta game and in Atlanta. And then last week with the Jets, we really got exposed uh, on that revolving door and, and they showed that, you know, getting pressure to car early can, you know, affect the way he kind of plays the rest of the game and whatnot. Uh, you got DeForest Buckner, Justin Houston, and Danico Autry all along that line. I believe if I'm not mistaken, Buckner and Autry were out last week. I know that Autry has been balling out lately. The week before, and has been against the Titans. The game. week before. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I know Autry has been, you know, he's been a lot more, you know, he was good with the Raiders. He did well in a, you know, fill-in role, but he's been a lot more consistent with you guys since, you know, leaving the Raiders and whatnot. And um, I think it's going to be big having Trent Brown back. We should have Trent Brown back this week. Um, There's hope that Josh Jacobs will be back as well. I know Gruden was kind of maybe kind of being coy with the media on, you know, his situation. He didn't practice, but there's hope that he's coming back and that'll be huge. That'll be a huge difference in, you know, how the Raiders offense can go out this week, whether they got Josh Jacobs back, uh, hopefully Trent's in their plane. But linebacker Denarius Leonard, a beast as well. Um, you know, he's he's going to be one guy to really worry about off the edge. And just in general, he's probably one of the best in the league. 
on the back end of things with Rocky Sin. I really like that dude coming out of uh, coming out of college. I was kind of hoping that maybe the Raiders targeted him. He was, I don't know, he was just really raw and was you know one of one of the guys I really like coming out of the draft and whatnot. And then I believe Julian Blackman also a rookie on the back end at safety. So we have a little bit of a. I'll, I'll let you get into it later on, but we got a little bit of a bet going on. Um, that we'll touch on but essentially this defense has got players on every level and I think the biggest thing as you mentioned on the inverse side that the trenches are going to be a big deal it's going to be a big deal uh, here too as well the Raiders offense can get going in the run game I mean we say it every single week having Jacobs will be back but establishing the run game is the biggest thing for this offense to get rolling and for DC to get rolling in the play action and be able to audible out of things but it's going to start with that offensive line trying to you know, hold off this very strong defensive line that the Colts have. And like I said, if any, if the last two games were any insinuation on, you know, us having issues with tough D lines, this one's going to be the toughest out of the three. So it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I, I hope that they can get it done. I believe that they can get it done. They've shown to be able to, you know, sub people in and out and have success along the line. I'm hoping this changes the route from the last few games, but what do you think about that? I think the the biggest point of emphasis is going to be the secondary uh, right now. The, the secondary for the Colts has been playing awesome. There's a really good stat that I have. So uh, Julian Blackman in the eight wins, he's had five game-winning plays. And that guy, he's had three picks and two forced fumbles. And he recovered one of those, too. He's the guy that we that you guys have to watch out for for the most and even though that he is a rookie he's a playmaker um he came out of the college with a torn achilles we drafted him and i believe it was the third round or fourth round sorry we, we we got him in the fourth round and quite honestly he's been playing like a first round pick i got my little stat sheet up here so julian blackman right now so he started in 11 games he has 28 tackles three assists. He's only missed one tackle on the whole season. However, the most important part is that he has four picks. He's got 12 pass breakups when a opposing quarterback targets him. He's got a 36.3. And I think that the most important stat that he has is, is that between from one reception to to another is a average of 86 passing snaps so quarterbacks are not passing his way and I don't know whether that's because that's just designed or because he's just that good but when you turn on the film and you actually watch him he doesn't play like he's a rookie the only play that's that stands out to me that he clearly just whiffed on was there was a 67 yard pass to, to QT last week. And that, and that was his fault. And that's we're in what week 14, 14, 14. so 14 weeks for rookie safety, not making a single mistake like that. And he's playing just as well as Mika is. And Mika is regarded as probably the best safety in the, in the game and I actually I mean I, I've made multiple arguments on my Twitter account for why he should be defensive rookie of the year if not just for those five game winning plays so I think him and Waller I think that's going to be a pretty good matchup 
to to watch. I also think that Darius Leonard, in my opinion, I am Colts homer. I think he's the most underrated player in the NFL right now. I mean, he got rookie of the year three years ago, and he he got snubbed for the Pro Bowl three years in, in a row while, while having over 200 tackles in both seasons. He was all pro too. He was like first team all pro as a rookie yeah. and defensive rookie of the year and no pro bowl. Cause it's all fan votes. <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I also see, I think that the player that you guys can attack the most is your boy rock. Sin. <laughs> he's given up yeah. a lot of penalties. He's become uh, definitely. That's why a we lot- like him. That's why we like him. Cause we love yeah. penalties on defense. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's becoming kind of a whack-a-mole player to me he's coming he's he's becoming the i mean it started last year in the denver game where he gave up four pis for 267 yards right and it was just like what are you guys doing right (laughs) and at this point it's just becoming kind of a trope that if you need a first down just throw it rocks way right and then he'll he'll like you know arm bar the receiver but i i do think that it's going to come down to the trenches again i think that deforest buckner and justin houston are the two best on there but we also are going to have Ture back Ture is going to come, come in we also have isaiah rogers he's a he's the fourth corner that that's playing well and then Mohammed too is, is having a really good year too so houston had three sacks and a safety last week and Buckner came in and he had two sacks as well. So between Buckner and Houston, I think those guys are going to be the, the guys that you're going to have to watch out for. I do believe that, that the secondary is a place where you guys can take us out. I think that there's nobody that can really play against rugs with his speed man to man. Uh, Xavier Rhodes is is having a decent year. Rhodes, whenever somebody targets him, the opposing quarterback gets a 62.1 rating. So he's having a, a really good year. But I, I do believe that Kenny Moore is probably going to be man-to-man on Henry the whole game because uh, Moore is five foot ten. He's about 195 pounds, and he also ran a 4.340. And he's in his fourth year. Moore had a couple of picks last week too so it's kind of one of those things where i think this is a perfect matchup between the colts defense as far as the secondary goes but i did say that uh that i thought that Derek carr being the car that he is is going to throw a pick to julian blackman and i think that that's one that i think that that's what's going to end the game is that car is going to throw somewhere he's going to try to target waller and i think that eberflus the defensive coordinator for the Colts which which I will say that in 2017 the Colts were in the bottom five for every single defensive category in 2018 when Eberflus came in with the exact same team we were top 10 and this year we're top five and two and top 10 and one so it would be a huge mistake for the Colts to allow Eberflus to leave for the head for like a Detroit Lions coaching job or something like that. But um, I think that Eberflus with the linebackers that we have who are extremely fast, Chris Ballard has focused on defensive speed these past couple of years. And we have 
Okariki, who just went back into practice, who runs a, I think he runs like a four five four forty. He's six foot four, two hundred and sixty five pounds, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> and just just the type of athlete that you have to be to run that. I mean, I'm five foot nine, 190 pounds. I don't think that I can even run that. And then you have Leonard, of course, who, again, I believe is the most underrated player. And then you have Anthony Walker, who is another very, very good backer. I mean, we have five like pro bowl caliber backers and it, and it sucks because we play nickel a lot. So there's only two that are on the field. And usually that's Leonard and Walker. But I think for the Raiders to win this game, they have to, you have to know where Julian Blackman is at all times. And you have to know what kind of blitzes that Eberflus is doing. His, his mark is delayed blitzes. Eberflus loves delayed blitzes. And he'll usually blitz either Willis from the slot, which is the, the safety, or more. And then he'll blitz one of the backers and keep in mind, too, that, that, that Darius Leonard last year had 200, 216 tackles and nine sacks. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a really good pass rusher, too. And then Walker also had 196 tackles and 11 sacks. So between them both, they had 20 sacks, which is, like, unheard of for metal backers. So Iberflus is really good at putting players in the position to win their battles. And DeForest Buckner is just embarrassing people. He's so good at what he does. I mean, last week he made one of the highest paid and best centers in the league look like a fool while he sacked Watson three times last week. And then Justin Houston, of course, made Tunsil look, look like a fool too. So, you know, the, I, I, think, I think the Colts defensive line is, is a strength because we have six guys that can rotate in and out that are really good. So, but like I said, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think both of these teams want that last playoff spot. And the Colts also have the Steelers coming up. So which like they have to win the games of what they can win. And I've said for a very long time, I've said this a lot of times about the Raiders too, that the mark of a good team is beating up on really bad teams and finding ways to win against close teams against really good teams. That's what New England did for 15 plus years is when it came down to the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins. They were, they, they were blowing them out. But when it came to the Packers and the Saints, they, they were finding ways, ways to win. So I think it's going to be a bloodbath for these two teams. Yeah, and we, were, we talked about that, you know, and the last preview pod. Yeah, I think the Jets preview pod that we did. And previously, I think with Atlanta as well, we talked about like, the thing you got to do, what good teams do, is they go out and they beat the bad teams that they're supposed to beat. They find ways to win against good teams, but they go out and they don't lose 43-6 to to the Atlanta Falcons, and they don't come down to a nail-biter against the Jets, but they go out and they beat those teams wholeheartedly. So I completely agree with you on that. Reverting back to what you said uh, with Blackman having five game-winning plays this year in the, in the eight wins that you have, as we were talking about this, on our Just Blog Baby group text. As you mentioned, you think Derek Carr is going to throw a pick to him to end the game. You put out there that you would bet $50 <laughs> to anyone willing to take the bet that Derek Carr is going to throw an interception or that Blackman is going to make a game-winning play this game as well. So I very quickly took you up on that bet. <laughs> it was only fitting that you were coming on the pod 
throwing a bet out there like that. We had to make it official on the pod, but yeah, that's, that's going to be, that's definitely going to be a, a great, a great thing to also have while we're watching the game. Yeah. I mean, Blackman is the type of player that, you know, GM can only dream of watching his film. He reminds me a lot of Ed Reed, not from the skill but just from the instincts of knowing wherever the ball is going to be going. And he does a really good job at doing, at doing that. And I mean, the game winning plays that he had weren't against bad players. He had one against Rogers. He had one against breeze. And then he also had burrow. And then he had one against um, a couple of other teams, which, Oh, uh, uh, the Vikings, and so it's not like he's picking off really bad players. He, he's he's making these game-winning plays against really really good good players. And then he also mm-hmm. he also stripped the ball from Dalvin Cook too. So I mean, who's regarded as the best running back in the league right now? So it's not like he's making plays against the like Joe Schmoes. He's making plays against elite NFL players. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I have a couple things on this topic. It's hard for me to sit back because it's just I love it. So. Darius Leonard, in, in, in terms of him, he is, in my opinion, the best linebacker in the league. So I think it's weird because, and we've talked about this before, Micah, is that there's two types of over or underrated. There's the NFL, that's like the NFL's perspective of it, um, with like people around the league and people that follow very intently close, you know, whether it's analysts or beat writers, et cetera. And then there's the social media or the fans' point of view of who is good and who is not. So my perspective is Darius Leonard is not underrated from the NFL side. Um, And I'm not saying that just because I said he's the best linebacker, but it's like, it's because of social media and because of, like we mentioned him not getting voted the pro bowl after an all pro year and a defensive rookie of the year, that's bonkers. Right. But it's like, it's like the fans don't appreciate, or or it's like, if, if you're a Browns fan or you're a Texans fan or not Texans because it's the same division, but a Seahawks fan, they're not paying any attention to the Colts, no offense, but that's just the case, you know? So it's one of those things where he doesn't get the exposure he deserves from a social media perspective, which is usually 10 times the amount of communication compared to very tight lipped organizations, you know? Um, So that's one of my points. Second point is that the bet that you guys have, I think is cool. Just being the outsider, if I was just going to look at both sides, the odds are crazy, and I don't think it's fair. I'm sorry, Micah, because <laughs> what he's banking on is is the fact that this situation is actually going to happen, and it has to line up perfectly where either the Raiders are going down to score for the win, and then Blackman picks them off or whatever, or you know uh, he the Raiders are up and he throws a t- pick that ends up turning the game around for a touchdown or something like that. But the possibility of that happening, even though it has happened multiple times, is not in his favor. And so you're just like, it's not going to happen. And he's like, well, I think it is. And so he's, his odds are like plus 500, even though they're good because it happened, has happened. And you're just like, I'm minus 1200 and I'm going to bet you 50 bucks. <laughs> so I would, if, if Daniel, if I was representing you from the betting side, I would say you should negotiate the payout perspective. I think you should get 50 bucks <laughs> if it happens because it could happen, but it's like has to be perfect situ- situation. And Micah should you should pay him like $5 in my opinion, but that's all I'm going to say. I mean, I don't legally represent you from a betting perspective, but that's just a thought. Okay. I thought you were on my team here. I know. Well, you came at me last pod. Yeah, so right. This is kind of my vengeance here. Fair enough. Um, what was my third point? I don't even remember. No, I don't remember. Two points. That's- While you're thinking about that, I, I want to know if you guys heard the story about when Darius Leonard found out his Madden rankings. Did you guys hear that story about uh-uh. what his wife did? Okay, so he came home to his wife and he was 
livid. He was pissed. <laughs> um, if you follow their social media, he's on Instagram all the time, posting pictures and videos of his daughter. Like I, I love him not because he's a good player, but he's, he's just a great man. Like he focuses on his daughter, his wife constantly. He's always posting pictures of him, like, like outside playing with his da- daughter. It's just, it's really cool to kind of see the, like, you know, the man, not the like NFL player. Right. So his wife got him custom cleats and which said third best backer in in Madden rating. And then also to uh, 226 tackles, uh, nine sacks, Pro Bowl snubbed, all pro player snubbed. Right. So he wears those cleats every single game. And he That's has a ride or die wife right there. <laughs> like the motivation. Right. To, to actually make that happen. Right. And so, and I, and I just think that that's cool that you're such a com- competitor that you're wearing that every single day to remind yourself to get better. Right. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. So that's a little yeah, definitely. snippet about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. Like I said, that's, that's a hell of a wife to go out and get you some cleats like that. Oh, and, yeah. and that's a ride or die right there. So I don't, I don't remember my third point, by the way. So you don't. Okay. Don't well, that's fine. Okay. Probably wasn't that great, but it was a point. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, um, I guess, is there anything else that you have, Andy, at all? Or Well, let's, and, and you, you did um, mention it earlier, but let's do predictions oh, yes. like yeah. we always do with, um, with our preview pod. So we have um, the Colts traveling to Las Vegas Allegiant Stadium, um, and they are currently favored, as I have it right now, by three points. Um, ironically enough, that was what Dan had chosen 31, 28 Colts, but you are covering or you're pushing right there. So, uh, do you want to stick by that, Dan? You want to stick by Colts 31, 28? Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know what? I'll, I'll go with 24, 31 Colts. That's what I think. Ooh. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Now let's put some juice on it. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Michael, what do you got? Well, um, like he said, I think it's going to be a battle out there. It's going to be a great game because it is, you know, both teams are so, so close in that running, vying for a playoff spot. Colts, obviously, uh, in one of those wild card spots and, and trying to get essentially in their division and get first in there. And, you know, the Raiders, it's going to be hard for the Raiders to sneak into one of those wild card spots uh, with six losses and 10 wins. So they're in a position where they really need to win out. As a Raiders fan, I always can talk myself into winning every single game. And I do believe that we can win this game. It is going to be a very close game, uh, but I do think that we can win this game. I believe that the game is going to come down 27-24. They're going to push. Um, I I will say that earlier when I was looking at spreads, uh, Colts were at a minus two and a half. So my thought on the score, you know, had us barely covering. So, but if they're three, that's fine. It's push, but Raiders win covered nonetheless. Uh, at 2724. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm an idiot. Sorry. I just went on a no, whole tangent about the the spread and everything and, and the Colts are favored. So Raiders win. No, the Raiders win. Yeah. Yeah, Raiders exactly. winning in general would cover this. Would cover. But anyway. You saved yourself there. Yeah. So. 27-24 Raiders. Yeah. Well, I will give you my prediction, but I want to start off with this and I, I should have started off with this, Dan, is I have a bone to pick with you. Uh-oh. Are you ready okay. for this? I just realized <laughs> All right, what this. do we got? So last week I had a three game parlay. Okay. And one of, and I hit two of the three. You want to know which I didn't hit was the over in the Texans Colts game. Oh, man. And it was, it was 50 points. You, and the score at halftime, 24, 20 score at the end of the <laughs> 24 game, 24 points, 26, 20, 
<laughs> yeah, two points in the second half. So my bo- my bone to pick with you is wh- why'd you let that happen? Because that that was like you, it's one of those things where you're looking at you're like, okay, I need these things to happen. And they scored 44 points in the first half. I'm like, I feel pretty good. Yeah, about yeah. That, you know. And then it was just a safety. Yeah. Well, also and, a safety is the hardest thing to score too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the yeah, only no biggie. And I had Deshaun Watson on my team and think, no, who cares, right? But I just want you to know I'm upset at the Colts, and because of that, I'm not actually mad at you, but I think you know. That's that's your fault at the end okay, of the day. So so not really. So but. is this like one of those like uh, like husband wife things where no matter what I'm always wrong? Is that how that works? In this situation, yes. Dan, okay. yes. it's more like you're, comes- you're guilty by association. You're you were driving the getaway car for the bank robbery. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So okay. You weren't then, you didn't directly doing it, but you are. If it home, so. if it if it makes you feel better while I was watching the game and Frank Reich went for that fourth and one, you know, when he could have, you know, mm-hmm. put the game away. And mm-hmm. they they missed it, and they somehow decided to run to to the left tackle, the rookie left tackle going against JJ Watt. I mm-hmm. I almost wanted to rip what's left of my hair out of my head. I was like, <laughs> why are we doing that? Right? But, you have a lovely set but, of hair, Dan. Don't take that away from yourself. If that would have happened, it would have made the point spread forty nine, and you would have been one one point away. <laughs> that might yeah, have been worse. So that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> well, that might have been I worse. I appreciate you saying that. Um, no, it's not your fault, but there has to be someone else's fault outside of mine for betting a three game parlay, you know? So, um, okay. As predictions go, agree with what you guys are saying, um, as far as the matchup and how it all is going to shape out. It's two hungry teams. The Colts are not going to overlook this game by any means, um, even though they have the Steelers coming on their schedule, but they want to win the division too. And they want to get better seed in that sense as they're battling the Titans, which had a, they had a setback game with the Browns. And so I think it's just two hungry teams. I think you will see, this is actually what made me think about um, that Colts Texans game. I think you'll see some offense and points early. Um, and I think you'll see the, you know, both defenses tighten it up as, as the game goes on. So um, because I am a Raiders homer too, I'm going to go with the Raiders winning 31 27. That's where I'm going to stand. I do think it's going to be a hard fought game. I'm not confident by any means that we're going to control the game or blow you guys out or anything like that. But I do think it'll be um, well battled on each side. There's a lot of uh, matchups that each team can exploit. um, So we'll see, but I'm going to go 31, 27 Raiders, which does cover the spread. And I think that will do me justice for what you did to the Colts and not allowing them to score in the second. I will uh, remind you guys that, that the Raiders are two and three at home this year. Just, just a reminder, just throw, throwing that out there that you guys seem to play Mm -hmm. better on the road. And I, I think the reality is, is that in the AFC South, you could see two teams going 12 and four and one of them making the wildcards. And that's how good the Titans and Colts are right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll remind you of something too, if you'd like. In the last year, only one team has beat the Chiefs. Was it you guys? <laughs> we did. Or was it the Raiders? We did. In the last year? Yeah. Yeah. Last year on Sunday night. In the last 365 days, Dan. <laughs> oh God. Come come on. That is <laughs> it's that's the facts. That's fact-based leadership right there. Who who held the Chiefs to the lowest amount in four years? Without Leonard. Not the Raiders. Without Walker. The Raiders at all. Without two <laughs> of their other starting corners. And the Colts went in to Arrowhead last year, put up 21 points, held, held the Chiefs to 13 points, and they ran the ball for 275 yards. And they kept Mahomes off the field for 38 minutes of the game. Just saying. That's why you won. Okay, what about this one? 
who is on the hook for the benefits of Philip Rivers' nine kids? The Raiders oh, or the Colts? Oh <laughs> it's actually the NFLPA, but <laughs> trick but question. That's a trick question. Yeah. Well, good, good talk. Good fun here. Yeah. I could probably keep going back and forth with you on random facts, but I like the Colts. Okay. I'll admit I do like the Colts. I think Darius Leonard is awesome. I do think DeForest Buckner scares the living heck out of me if I saw him in like a in a side street when it was dark. <laughs> yeah, he's a little intimidating. I'm actually I'm happy the Niners trade him because I hate the Niners, you know. So you guys won that one. But cool. That's all I got, guys. Yeah. Fantastic having you on, coming on, talking Colts Raiders. Yeah. It's going to be a great game coming up this week. Um, I know you got a YouTube channel, whatnot. Um, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and on YouTube. Yeah, it's great, man. So YouTube, uh, if you just search Danny on Colts, I just do some, just a couple of shows. You know, we I know I know I'm in the the Raiders game here, but yeah, it's just just a small show. It's something that I do just just for fun. I I really. I really enjoy doing it. And then on, on Twitter, my, my handle is Danny on Colts, but I also write for just blog baby too. I, I really enjoy covering the Raiders. I think that Raider nation has been very accepting of me too, but I, I will say whenever the Colts play the Raiders, I am always a Colts fan, but I did grow up going, I did grow up going to um, Raiders games. And so that's why, that's why I'm a, that's why I'm also a Raiders fan too. So I say that the Colts are my wife, but the Raiders are my, my side chick, <laughs> but, but I am, I am always a Colts fan when, whenever the Raiders play the Colts. And it's very fun whenever I see that game on the schedule, because in our little text thread, right. Just, I, yeah. I, I always say, you know, whenever the clock hits midnight after that Sunday, I'm always like, all right, guys, we are mortal enemies. Let's have it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, go uh, go give him a follow on YouTube. Go follow him on Twitter. Like you said, at Danny on Colts. It, it was great having you, man. I'm glad we could awesome. get on here and, you know, banter back and forth, get some knowledge. And, you know, like I said, we were just trying to uh, bring a, a different a different kind of wrinkle to our preview pod. And it's great having someone on that knows so much about the Colts and, you know, is willing to hop on with us and, sure, man. you know, go and back and forth. Anytime I follow football in gen- general. So whenever you want a third voice, just let me know. Yeah. We appreciate it, man. This is fun. So go Raiders for you, go Colts. Um, and we'll see how it, we'll see how it goes. And just take a look at that bet. Like I was telling you, you know, just <laughs> as your advisor, I don't, I don't rep- <clears throat> represent you, but I'm your advisor now. So. All right. Cool. As always, uh, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. Keep showing the love for the podcast. Share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, wherever you see it. And uh, like I said, got a great game against the Colts coming up. Hopefully, Raider Nation, we can get a W, but it's going to be a hard-fought game nonetheless. So we'll see you all next week. Raider Nation, stand up. Peace out.